Welcome to the Superhero Landing Show. Uh, this is our first ever podcast attempt here, and hopefully it won't be the last. Your host, Reese. A lot of you guys probably already know me. I would hope so if you're finding this podcast. If not, welcome to the show. And also, I'll let my co-host here introduce himself. Yeah, I'm Josh Morton, and welcome, guys. Uh, it's been a little while since me and Reese have been on the airways, but it's good to be back. It's been a long time, man. I mean, what, six, seven years, something like that? Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier. It's, uh, yeah, about seven years. So I've got to warm up my podcast voice and get back into it. Uh, you know, I it's our first time being on radio or digital radio, however you want to call it. Uh, like I said, for the first time in six, seven years, happy to get started back into the podcasting industry. For those who don't know, Josh and I had a show while we were in college together on FM radio for what, three years? Yeah, something like that. It was it was pretty long uh, and dedicated show too to show up on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and do it. But uh, college football talk, uh, some pop culture in there. This will be completely different. We're going full on pop culture, comics, Star Wars. We'll probably do some life advice, maybe a breakdown of what your week was like, how, how crazy life was. Yeah, just to give you an example. I spent an hour before we got started with this in a Mod's Pizza. For anybody who does not know, Mod's Pizza is a place where you can customize your pizza however you want with whatever toppings, and it costs like nine bucks. Pretty great. It's a pretty great deal. You get you can put unlimited meat, veggies, whatever you want, and feel good about yourself for nine bucks. Unfortunately, I showed up at apparently the worst time ever, and I was stuck in this pizza place for over an hour waiting on two orders. So sounds like it was worth the wait, though. It was. It definitely was not. But but I was not the guy in front of me. Thankfully, he didn't see this. But they're uh, the guy in front of me. They line up all the pizza boxes when they're when they're you know waiting for the people to come up. And the guy put the pizza box on the table and then bumped it and it flipped and landed. But the box didn't open, but the pizza had flipped over and landed on the floor. <laughs> oh, he found out. He definitely, he definitely did, but, but I I picked up the box, kept it closed in there. So, you know, the pizza wouldn't come out and the guy looked at me and he goes, did it, did it come out of the box? Did it hit the floor? And I went, no, but it flipped over and he went, okay, well, it still should be good. And he put it back on the thing. (laughs) (laughs) So thankfully that wasn't my pizza. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, enough, enough pizza talk. Let's get into the show. (laughs) <laughs> so uh right off the bat intro of the show one of our segments we're going to be having here hopefully weekly as long as trailers keep coming out new favorite segment of the show trailer trash talk so what we're going to be doing here is breaking down all the cool trailers that kind of came out this week and two in particular that i wanted to highlight here i'm a pretty big jurassic park fan i've loved the original one the steven spielberg stuff it's it's classic to me the the scene of the T-Rex coming out for the first time and shaking the, the glass of water. It, it gets me every time. And I'm literally like a 10 year old with dinosaurs. I, I, I don't know why, but I love dinosaurs so much. So I was in anticipation for this pretty heavily. There had been a lot of stuff that had come out uh, leading up to this for the last like two years. I know Josh, you're probably not as big on dinosaurs as me, but they had put out like previews, like two minute clips of the movie uh, to kind of get people hyped up a little bit. And then you get this trailer that comes out and holy crap, the cinematography of this thing like blew me away. I, I can't get over the amount of like nostalgia. There's a scene in the trailer, Josh, where you literally have dinosaurs running with horses in a sunset. 
I, I've never thought I needed that in my life until Pretty I shot. sat there and watched an actual like dinosaur run with like a stallion. And I was like, what is this world that we're in? <laughs> it's a brave new world. What did you think of it? I thought it was great. You know, uh, I'm definitely not up to speed, probably definitely not as much as you are uh, as far as like the new, the new series of the Jurassic world stuff. I've seen the original uh, Jurassic park. So I haven't seen much of the Jurassic world, but I thought it looked great. You know, I uh, definitely missing a lot of context, but like you said, the cinematography looked great. I mean, obviously it's really well shot. So looking forward to that for sure. I liked seeing the original cast. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the nineties and, and this thing was thrown with nostalgia. You had all the original cast, uh, Hugh, Dr. Grant. They even threw in a little snippet of Chris Pratt's character saying, don't move at the same time as Dr. Grant with, you know, the T-Rex coming in. Uh, you had literally Josh James Bond Skyfall, a scene in Europe, Chris Pratt riding on the motorcycle and dinosaurs riding with him all throughout Europe. What, again, what is the world that we live in in 2022 <laughs> that we're getting, you know, star Lord in a James Bond movie with baby velociraptors riding <laughs> alongside of him. So, <laughs> Um, anything's possible yeah, apparently uh like i said i've been a big fan of the of the series so far i like the first two that came out i have a uh, signed poster from the original one that came out uh, i got a pretty good deal on it online and uh i'm a big chris pratt guy so i had really high anticipation for this coming in really enjoyed the trailer and like i said you know skyfall with dinosaurs i mean what else do i have to say to sell the movie so i mean hey that that alone right there i'm in I mean, that's probably the pitch that they used when they came into the meeting. They said, look, guys, Chris Pratt, you, have you seen Skyfall? Yeah, you've seen Skyfall. Let's put in some yeah. velociraptors. And not just any, we're going to sell the baby one, too. So, <laughs> right. So, so that's, uh, that's my snippet on uh, Jurassic World Dominion. And I guarantee you they probably were saving that for the Super Bowl. They probably got word of some other trailers that we're going to get on Super Bowl Sunday and decided to put it out early. Uh, one of the trailers I think we might be getting, possibly, don't quote me on it, I think we're going to get a possible Black Adam tease. I think we're going to get some kind of snippet of Black Adam because we just got another trailer, uh, DC Heroes. So for anybody who is interested in the DC extended universe, uh, the movie universe that apparently is not connected at all, uh, we got our first look at basically teasers for all of their content coming this year. So what did you think of that? You know, I thought it was it looked pretty good. Uh, like you said, none of it really seems to be connected. No one really knows what they're doing anymore. I feel like the Flash movie is going to reset everything. Uh, it's just a matter of how it does so. So it was good to see a little bit of from that movie, but also Black Adam and then some other projects they got going on. So I thought it looked okay. Um, you know, you get the Batman coming up too, and I think that one's probably their most anticipated movie at least so far this year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how everything kind of ties together or if it even does, you know, who knows? Yeah, we got a little snippet of the Batman in there. And I, I guarantee you we'll probably get some more Batman stuff that comes out on Super Bowl Sunday. And we'll save all of that a Super Bowl recap for next week as well. Uh, we got our first look at the Justice Society. I'm assuming it's the, the JSA, the Justice Society of America. But we got Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Uh, another another James Bond callback that we're getting uh, this time in the DCU. Uh, I thought I that it. looked awesome. Uh, Hawkman. We get full look at Hawkman, the Thanagarian spaceship 
and uh, the full-on wings and armor. Uh, we're seeing Cyclone and uh, Atom Smash, which I thought looked really cool too. Uh, it's kind of like a, an Ant-Man kind of look, but a little bit more charged up. Uh, I thought the suits looked great. And then, like you said, we saw Black Adam. We even get the shot of him literally about to just destroy everything when he's waking up uh, and about to wreck the military. Uh, and, and The Rock has been all over that character. It looks like he's, you know, falling in love all over again. And he's he's leading the cause to get Henry Cavill back into the DCEU, which I think both of us think is might not happen. I'd, I'd love for it to happen, but it seems like it's not. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like that ship has sailed. But I, like you said, I would definitely love for that. I mean, I thought Man of Steel was great. Deserves a sequel. So DC, if you're listening, get, get it, out there. Get it going. If anybody can make Henry Cavill you know, get back into it. And I, I don't think, I think Henry Cavill wants to keep doing it, but if anybody can get Warner brothers to buy in and make it happen again, it's probably the rock. I mean, the guy generates all kinds of publicity for them. Uh, we see his suit looks phenomenal. Uh, and I can tell you, he definitely has not put any, you know, pluff into it. It looks like he is full on just spandex in there, which is insane for a guy at his age. He's like 45, 50 almost. Um, and he looks better than he did you know, in his mummy days. Uh, so awesome to see that. And then uh, a little snippet of the flash, nothing new, uh, I don't think, but we did get to see his cool little goggles. He's got little orange goggles now. Um, and uh, a little bit of Aquaman in there too. Aquaman and the lost kingdom. Uh, hopefully that's probably a callback to the seventh kingdom of Atlantis from the comics. Uh, what did you think of the Aquaman and flash stuff? You know, uh, the Aquaman was pretty quick. Uh, it's a, kind of a blink and you, you'll miss it type deal, but it, it looked pretty good. You know, I thought the first movie was was pretty solid. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of continue on with that story and how they're going to go, especially since, you know, with the whole uh, Justice League and, and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and everything, that whole little saga they got going on. I don't know how they're going to, you know, how the continuity is going to work, but we'll see. And The Flash... You know, I think they're trying to go for a little bit of nostalgia too, bringing back Michael Keaton. You heard him a little bit in the trailer. Uh, I, as much as I love Michael Keaton, I'm not sure this is the right route for them. But you know, it'll be fun to see. It'll be interesting to see, um, if nothing else. Who Who would you have rather than brought back? I'm, I'm with you though. I don't. I don't wow. think bringing back Keaton at this point is probably the right move for Batman. But it sounds like we're going to get literally three adaptions of Batman in the same year. Whether it's Ben See, Affleck making an appearance, Michael Keaton, and now Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing, you know. In this movie alone, there, there's rumored to be two versions of Batman, you know, uh, uh, Keaton, and we have uh, um, Batflick. Yep, yep. Hit in, uh, ben Affleck's back, at least for a little bit. You know, I don't, I feel like all the versions of Batman that we've seen have been pretty solid so far, but I feel like they, their best bet would just be to kind of continue on the path they've already started with, with Ben Affleck. Like, I don't know how much he's kind of connect or uh, committed to the character. You know, there's a lot of rumors, a lot of quotes from him, especially after the Justice League uh, fiasco that I don't even know that he would want to continue on. So I kind of understand why um, they would want to go a different route, but it is a little bit weird with their, they're doing the patents and stuff. Uh, around the same time. So, you know, I, there, it's definitely a different world now. People are, are ready for a multiverse, you know, you have that a little bit and uh, with Marvel now, and you have that with the CW shows for uh, the DC stuff. So I think the, the appetite is there. I'm just not sure that they're going to do it right, but uh, we'll see, you know, who knows. 
Do you think the average fan like fully understands like the concept of a multiverse while we're, while we're bringing on that subject? Because now you've got it obviously in, in, in a Spider-Man movie, you've got it coming up in Dr. Strange. We've seen hints of it with some other properties, you know, but Rick and Morty, whatever they, <laughs> whatever you want to call their multiverse. But it seems like now that whole concept has evolved into more modern day culture. Yeah, for sure. I, it's definitely going to be a confusing thing as far as the, the casual audience. I'm not sure they'll understand exactly what's going on with it. But like you said, it's kind of been building up for a while. I, you know, the Arrowverse even had their multiverse, you know, even a few yep. years ago. So that's probably not as well known as, you know, obviously like a Marvel with like all Spider-Man stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, it'll be fun. Uh, it might be a little bit confusing for your, you know, average movie goer, but unless you unless you're following along, you might be a little lost, but I think it'll be a fun experience regardless. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I I'm curious to see what actually ends up connecting, you know, whether or not there's just separate worlds for Robert Pattinson and his Batman, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And apparently we're getting a sequel to that. Uh, we're yeah. also going to get a Batgirl movie, a blue beetle movie down the road. Um, all these, all these weird properties. I think we're also going to get a Nightwing movie at some point here too. It sounds like based off of some of the reports that have come out about Batgirl. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, you know, we got Sh- uh, Shazam two, or I, I don't know what yep. they're calling Fury, oh, Fury of the Gods. Fury of the Gods. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, so I mean, they have some good stuff coming up. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with this whole this whole Flash project. If you have to rank or pick your favorite of any of the DC stuff coming up in the next, uh, you know, year or two, what exactly are you looking forward to the most? You can say the Batman if you want next. Um, I'd probably lean towards that, but I think there's one movie in particular I'm actually probably waiting for is, is that Shazam movie. I think Shazam Fury of the Gods sounds awesome. It's got, for instance, Helen Mirren coming in and, and playing a big part of it. And I'm a big fan of Zachary Levi and how they handled that movie the first time. Um, and it sounds like they're going full on insane with kind of the mythology of it. Uh, they're going to they're going to go crazy with it. I mean, they've got The Rock uh, as an ace up their sleeve for maybe like a sequel. They know that. So I'm really looking forward to Fury of the Gods. We haven't got a lot out of it yet. And I think that might be why I'm so interested in it. There were reports of a plot leak, but I have not been able to find them yet. Yeah, I, Shazam, uh, the origin, the first Shazam, I think it was definitely one of their more underrated films. You know, I, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it seemed like their whole tone was kind of tone was kind of trying to shift with that one, um, and it definitely shined through. I think it was a lot of fun. It wasn't the whole dark thing we're used to, especially from DC. Uh, my, uh, I'm going to go throw a little bit of a curveball. I'm definitely looking forward to the Batman, but I think my most anticipated film from them right now is probably The Flash, just because I am curious to see what they're kind of going to do with the whole universe. I feel like that movie in particular is probably going to dictate the spin whether which direction they go so i am curious a little bit to see what they're going to do with that interesting yeah it, it sounds like it's going to be a full-on multiverse and it sounds like it's going to be you know pretty pretty crazy um i think it, it sounds awesome i'm curious to see what happens with it uh, and based on when it's coming out too i think it's going to be interesting because it sounds like they're willing to put it up in the holiday season towards the end of the year and go against some of the big heavy guys that are coming out there so uh, they must have a lot of faith in it, which that movie has had a very torturous production schedule. If you if you go and look at the directors that have backed out of it, all the stuff that's come out about Ezra Miller that a lot of people really aren't fans of. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they handle it moving forward. But it sounds like it's going to be good. Um, 
any other trailer talk that you wanted to get to trailer trash talk? Uh, you know, I, I, we've, this wasn't this week, but you know, I, we got a little bit of a, a moon Knight trailer a few weeks ago. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. I think I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, it'll be interesting to see how, what kind of tone they use with that. You know, we're kind of accustomed with like the more toned down stuff from Marvel, especially with their involvement from Disney, but moon Knight's definitely a more character where they're going to have to lean more into their, uh, darker side. So we'll see if they actually do that or not. Yeah, I totally agree. And that actually brings up a good point of what I wanted to talk about next. The the Empire Magazine cover that came out uh, this week for Moon Knight. And uh, it gave us our first real look at the alternate costume for him, uh, the Mr. Knight costume. Uh, and, and we've got some quotes from Kevin Feige and Oscar Isaac about what it will look like. They're calling it a limited series, but I don't think there's any way that this ends up like a one series thing. I think if this is really popular and it seems like it's going to be. Uh, I think there's no reason that we're not going to get more Moon Knight, which is basically, you know, Egyptian God, Batman almost for Marvel. It's it's pretty crazy. They're leaning in supposedly really hard with the horror element, bringing in two guys that are horror directors, which I'm really excited for. Um, and, and I'll read this quote real quick here and you can give your thoughts about it. But this was Kevin Feige talking about what Moon Knight is going to be and what fans can look forward to. He says, quote, It's been fun to work with Disney Plus and see the boundaries shifting on what we're able to do. There are moments in the series when Moon Knight is wailing on another character, and it is loud and brutal, and knee-jerk reaction is, we're going to pull back on this, right? No, we're not pulling back. There's a tonal shift. This is a different thing. This is Moon Knight. So it sounds like they're going to go full-on dark here, which I'm looking forward to. If if they go full-on dark with Moon Knight and make this thing as brutal as it sounds, it would be very different than what we've gotten with Marvel. And I'm happy we're at least having Disney Plus to do that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with like the description of the character. He's definitely more of Marvel's version of Batman. Uh, not from the sense of, you know, like the, the rich parents. playboy. <laughs> you know, what the dead parents thing either too, you know, kind of like the rich playboy like Iron Man. But it's definitely more of the, like the darker, more, uh, more aggressive hero they have so uh, it'll be interesting to see I think they have a lot of potential with that you know can lead to a lot other stuff a lot of other stuff so um, that should be fun what do you think of the Mr. Knight picture I, I thought it looked great you know uh, it was anything related to the show that I've seen so far has looked really awesome so I, that that picture was just really good too I think yeah, I think it looks awesome. Uh, a lot of people who are fans of the character, I'm, I'm not as familiar with this comic. Uh, I need to get on it. And one of my one of my reading things to do in the next couple of weeks is probably to sit down and, and start reading some Moon Knight comics to try and get myself a little more familiar with him. I know kind of the backstory from doing my own research, uh, but it sounds like they're going to go full on Mark Spector, Mr. Knight, which is the fan favorite version of the character. I think that a lot of people are are really looking forward to and it sounds like they're going to go full on with it and, and embrace it uh, supposedly the scene that you see of him beating the dude down in the bathroom is anubis and if they go full on egyptian gods with all of this it will be freaking awesome and and that's what i'm looking forward to the most so it gets me fired up man um, uh, we have so many good things coming down the pipeline and and it brings up the thought that we talked about a couple of weeks ago not on this podcast but just you know spitballing in our text thread we might be in the golden era of Disney Plus, and it literally has only been out like what two years. We're getting how many Star Wars shows this year with Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian season three, 
We're going to get Obi-Wan coming up in May. Obi-Wan Kenobi bringing back Ewan McGregor uh, in all kinds of, of crazy cameos that we're going to get with that. Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tana, I think, is supposed to come out at some point at the end of this year with Rosario Dawson. I mean, what kind of world do we live in where we're getting all of that Star Wars content and then add in the Marvel movies that we're getting put onto Disney Plus and then all the series? You know, Moon Knight is coming out this year. She-Hulk is coming out at some point this year. Uh, the Marvel or Miss Marvel is supposed to come out, I think, at the end of this year. Um, I'm trying to think of what uh, the animated series that we're going to get. I think we're I think that Guardians Christmas special is supposed to come out at the end of this year, too. Yeah, I think that's that is slated for this year. And, and back to the Star Wars, you know, we got the Andor uh, yep. series coming out this year, uh, Bad Batch season two coming out this year. You know, like all of the Disney Plus shows have been really great so far, especially the Marvel ones and even the Star Wars ones too. You know, uh, the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. So far, they're both pretty great. So uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun to see kind of what what they do with these other shows. But I think you're right. This is definitely the golden era of, of Disney Plus, and you know all of this kind of uh, superhero slash, you know, fantasy world stuff we're looking at with star Wars and everything. So I, this is, this is definitely an exciting time to be a fan. Yeah, I think so too. And, and it's really, I think only going to lead to other projects. They're going to get even better. I think we're going to be looking at if Marvel is keeps up this game and, and Lucasfilm keeps up all of this stuff. There's no reason to think DC won't be able to push the bar a little bit more with some of the stuff they've got coming down the line. And uh, even this live action Lord of the Rings series that's coming out, I think with Amazon, it sounds mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, and if they can get that going uh, to the same kind of movie quality that, you know, we've seen in the past, uh, there's going to be a lot of cool fantasy stuff coming down the pipeline. And I'm, I'm just really excited for it. I can't believe, like I said, we live in a world where we're getting this much kind of content and we're getting, you know, Skyfall with dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, uh, kind of touched on the lord of the rings thing i think they're putting something close to like a billion dollars into the budget so oh my god they're definitely going all in for this so that show in particular should be fun too well i guess jeffrey bezos does have enough money to blow on a uh, lord of the rings series but yeah yeah. shout out to all those prime subscribers are you a lord of the rings guy yeah Uh, i i am you know and they they did it's kind of ironic you know uh they just increased their price for prime so that's kind of funny, but um, well, they've, they've got some stuff coming up down the. Uh, they put out a what is it? The Jack Reacher series that just came out. Yep. I think with them, um, a big show we're fans of is the Marvelous Miss Maisel. That I want to say season four is coming out in March, which uh, you know me and Sydney will be streaming probably the day it comes out uh, pretty aggressively. Big fan. Uh, we're big fans of that. If you haven't checked it out, and then uh, uh, Jack Ryan is really good on there as well with uh, possibly future Mr. Fantastic uh, John Krasinski. And then I'm trying to think of what else that they have down the, the line that's really good. We've, we've binged pretty much all of Hell's Kitchen at, at this house. So we're, <laughs> we're that couple that sits there on a Sunday night and watches uh, Kids Baking Championship, too. So we've, we've officially reached that age of, of adulthood. This is, this is your prime. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So let's get into our big topic of the week. Uh, Book of Boba Fett wrapped up its season finale this past week on Wednesday. And so officially we've got all seven episodes of the series. And uh, let's go ahead, I guess, and do maybe about 10 minutes here of non-spoilers. And then we can get into kind of the spoilers. Maybe an overall what you thought of the series, uh, you know, whether or not you liked it or not. And I think it's safe to say that we're probably going to get a season two 
based on kind of how the ending laid out um, and what it leads to. But we'll save all of the ending for anybody who has not listened in about maybe 10 minutes or so. And we'll give you a notification when we're about to start that up. But first overall thoughts, I thought the series was pretty good. Not great. Uh, I don't think it's the best thing we've got Star Wars wise from Disney Plus, but I think it's pretty good in terms of fan service for sure. Um, and I won't go into too much of that, but maybe a, a couple of the early episodes I can, I, I don't feel bad spoiling maybe like episode three uh, with maybe some cameos. I won't go into the big stuff that comes maybe on a, around like episode five um, when things kind of shift a little bit. But uh, you get Black Chrysanthemum, the, the Black Wookiee. Uh, bounty hunter from the comics and there's some other people from the boba fett comics that make appearances uh kind of for fan service i think i but that and that will come to maybe maybe one of my issues with the show was doing fan service without maybe fully planning it out um but like i said i thought it was very good not great um it, it doesn't beat mandalorian season one or two for me uh but the last two three episodes really pick up obviously when when some stuff happens and we'll talk about that in spoilers what what did you think of the show yeah you know i i kind of agree with you it's a little bit of a slow roll at first you know especially see episodes one and two you know it's a little bit of a slow building kind of a background building world building kind of going on and then kind of pick up start with episode three and it kind of escalates from there with each episode you know i kind of i feel like they ended on a high note um, overall there's a lot of fan service going on like you said uh but i think that it's some fun fan service uh, but it does feel like it's kind of not really planned out at least too far ahead um, I feel like that's probably my biggest critique of the show so far too it's definitely behind season one and two of the Mandalorian for me but I think that it's it's still a great show it's a fun show um, it's a fun stopgap you know with uh we just had you know Spider-Man came out uh, the the last Disney shows with um you know I uh with uh Falcon and Winter Soldier and everything. So it was a, it was definitely a good stopgap show. So um, kind of sets up for, you know, the rest of their Star Wars stuff and also kind of gets us ready for, you know, other Marvel stuff. So I, it, it should be, it, it kind of, it's a good uh, kind of a st- um, stopgap. That's where I'm looking. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Stopgap, but also kind of like a uh, decompress a little bit, you know, a lot of stuff happened with, uh, with Spider-Man. So, you know, it's a good, uh, it's a, it's a good, relaxing, kind of slow build, slow paced show, uh, but also kind of catches your attention. So it, it definitely serves its purpose, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it definitely coming off of, of Spider-Man No Way Home, it, it felt pretty good to kind of slow down a little bit, especially uh, the first couple of episodes of this. Um, I saw most of the critiques of this were that the show felt kind of too slow maybe for the first couple of episodes. I, I personally didn't have that big of an issue with it, but fair to say I also binged the first three episodes back to back to back. I, I had held off on getting to the show because I kind of needed to decompress. I didn't need more content in my head coming off of No Way Home. And so what I decided to do was I waited till about maybe, uh, I think it was episode five, uh, and I really got into it then and, and just watched. I think I cranked out four of them straight for like maybe a, a good three-hour period on the couch. And I thought the story moved pretty well from that point. I can understand, though, if I was watching it week in and week out, I think I probably would have been a little bit more disappointed if I had to sit there and wait a week to find out what was going to happen. And that was all I got in in the next episode. So I can totally understand where people were coming from from that standpoint. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not a great weekly release show, especially in the beginning. Um, 
you know, I personally, I watched the first episode and then uh, it, it was, it was a little bit slow. So I kind of waited a couple of weeks to kind of give it a couple more episodes so I could binge watch a couple in a row. And that definitely helped me for sure. Um, just to kind of get in the groove of, you know, okay, what's going on? Where are they trying to go here? Uh, but it's definitely not a great weekly release show. I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, just, I guess, kind of breaking down of what the story is for anyone who, uh, you know, before we get into the spoilers and stuff, uh, you get Tamora Morrison back as Boba Fett. He uh, reprises the role from The Mandalorian, then and also uh, obviously from the original trilogy, uh, or excuse me, not the original trilogy, uh, the uh, second trilogy, the remakes, uh, if, you, if you want to call them that. And then also uh, the TV shows as well. But you get Tamora Morrison back, and basically the show starts off literally as the kind of the, the book of Boba Fett, like the life of Boba Fett, and it shows him getting out of the Sarlacc pit. No spoilers there. I mean, we can't have this obviously without that, but it shows Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit that we see him uh, kind of fall into in the original trilogy and is left for dead. And then uh, it kind of shows what we saw from the Mandalorians of him losing his armor and kind of the, the story of him getting it back. And then some stuff obviously happening with his return back um, into the fold. And so I won't go into too much details uh, from there, but again, like I said, overall, I thought the show was pretty good. Not great. Uh, I thought there was a lot of really cool, you know, Western kind of feeling uh, vibe. Uh, I, I felt like there was some Godfather kind of stuff in there with him taking over, you know, or attempting to take over Jabba's palace and dealing with kind of the, the crime syndicate there. No spoilers there. Obviously, I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, the soundtrack, Ludwig Gorenson, my man, came in to play uh, it. But it took me a minute to realize the soundtrack is actually saying Boba Fett. I don't know if you caught that, but when you listen to it, it's Boba Fett. Da, da, da. Fett. I, I, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I didn't. I didn't catch, catch that. it either. And then when <laughs> when the finale happened and they're playing like a different version of it, they're actually saying and singing Boba Fett. That's the chant that's happening, and and it makes it way more, I think, rewarding when you hear that. Uh, when you hear that. But Ludwig Gorenson comes into play. Uh, you might remember some of his work from Creed, Black Panther, and both Mandalorian seasons. So uh, obviously a guy who's been to play with Disney before in the past um, and a very interesting amount of, of work there. Creed, a, a Rocky film franchise. Then you move on to Black Panther and, uh, and then you get Mandalorian and Star Wars. So uh, I thought that was awesome. Um, uh no spoilers here because I think it's pretty clear from where Mandalorian season two leaves off. Uh, Ming-Na Wen comes back as Fennec Shan, uh, or Shand, excuse me, I should say. She's awesome in it. She's pretty clear, I think. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we want to get to before we get into spoilers here. Uh, overall, like I said, I thought it was pretty good. Not great Star Wars. I think it's probably, out of all the new stuff that Disney has done, I think it's probably somewhere near the mid pack i wouldn't say it's at the bottom but i think it's probably somewhere near there for me um it's not you know episode nine bad i think in my opinion but uh you know we can get a whole debate if you think episode nine's bad or not i i think i remember i remember screaming at people over how bad episode nine was for like a two-week period but <laughs> yeah uh you know that i we can get into it now if you want I, that might be a conversation for another day uh you know that that uh that movie kind of a fan service that wasn't planned out kind of like we were talking about earlier that that's kind of the, the biggest issue i think a lot of people have definitely my biggest issue um but yeah it does kind of you know, back to the book of boba fett it definitely kind of jumps right in 
episode one answers the biggest question everyone has like what happens to Boba Fett last time we saw him was you know the return of the Jedi he falls in the Starlight pit and everyone assumes he's dead and then all of a sudden he kind of just shows up first of all as you should you should assume if you fall into a giant pit with teeth and acid you're probably dead and the only reason he's brought back I think we I think we clearly know why but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's a fair assumption for sure. It's, it's not, it's not a reach by any stretch. So it was a little bit of a surprise for everyone to see him kind of show up in the Mandalorian. And obviously that was everyone's biggest question. So I think they kind of jump right in and answer that question. And then from there kind of builds up what, what he's been through, you know, losing his armor, going, getting out of this heart, like pit, kind of taking his, the road less traveled outside of that. I don't want to get into yeah. that until we get into the spoiler talk, but you know, but it's, it was definitely a, an interesting ride for him, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, you want to go ahead and do spoilers? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So, <laughs> spoiler right off the bat. We see Boba Fett ride a Rancor, which ultimate fan service moment, I would say, uh, for anybody uh, seeing a baby Rancor. And, and Danny Trejo showing up as a cameo for that, too. Also... Where was Danny Trejo in, in the last episode, too? What, did he just, like, leave? I, <laughs> uh, my man showed up and said, I'm going to be in the Star Wars universe. I don't care. <laughs> I only have to be on set for a day. I'm going to be in here. And I don't know if that's what he did, but, you know, he made his he definitely made his appearance and kind of dipped out. I can respect it. We also get uh, cameos from Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, who we're going to see later on and at some point in her own series. Uh, we get uh, more looks at Luke and uh, basically digital puppet Luke. I thought it was really fascinating from my understanding and what I've read based on the behind the scenes, Mark Hamill and his stunt double did not do any filming for this series. So everything that you see that is Luke Skywalker is literally digitally created. So when you see Luke having conversations with Grogu and you see them sitting together in literally a digital landscape, that's two puppets that are sitting there talking and having conversation. So the, the level of like cinematography, but also like work that was done to make that possible. I mean, that's pretty crazy. So I, I give them huge props and kudos to that. Um, I was, I was floored when I saw that Mark Hamill did nothing for this. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You know, he seems to be on pretty good terms with the studio. So that was kind of a surprise. Uh, I guess I could kind of understand that. I'm sure it was probably really expensive for them to go at the end of, uh, season two of the Mandalorian kind of get through his the aging stuff so that I'm sure that probably led a lot to a lot to that decision making especially with us being in COVID you know yeah. probably just trying to save money um, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't cheap by any means but you know trying to get the work done up against deadline so I get it for sure but it was definitely a, an interesting uh, thing to read about yeah uh, you get really great Grogu scenes, uh, Baby Yoda scenes, the, the scene of him waddling out and walking in the finale about to just go, you know, destroy people with the force, I thought was awesome. Uh, yeah, I love his little stunt that he does kind of he, he got a little stunt walk um, <laughs> that I thought was awesome. Uh, seeing him seeing him with the fan service dodging the little uh, Luke training device, I thought was pretty crazy. Um, and seeing that. Uh, I thought there was a lot of really great stuff we got with uh, Cobb Vanth coming back and Timothy Oliphant uh, coming back. And spoiler alert, he's he's not dead yet. He's going to be just like that meme. Call the ambulance, but not for me, right? <laughs> My man's back. My man will be back. So we're going to get him again. Um, and I, I was kind of shocked. I wasn't really surprised, but I wasn't shocked that they didn't kill him off. 
Uh, I thought it was pretty clear that uh, you don't waste that kind of cameo. Uh, Cad Bane was awesome in terms of visual. I thought looking at him and hearing him talk, uh, that was Dorian Kinji who played him. Uh, I'm hoping I'm getting that right. I'm probably slandering it, but I thought I got it right. Uh, seeing him talk in, in the eyes, the eyes and the, the blue skin with the contrast to the red eyes, I thought looked great. Um, and also the, the conversations of him too. I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with the comics of him training Boba Fett uh, from a young age, but they put all of that into the show for the dialogue there, which I thought was awesome stuff. But that leads to my biggest critique of the whole thing was that I felt like it was kind of empty because why didn't we get him sooner to kind of explain a lot of it? He, he just kind of shows up in, I want to say it's episode six and is like, Hey, I'm about to wreck stuff up. Uh, and, and he's like, be Hey, careful where I was sticking my nose. If I were you. <laughs> yeah. Like, who are you? <laughs> what yeah, are you doing what here? Is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I felt like it was really great to put him in there. He's obviously a huge Boba Fett character, but it felt like that whole line of him and his dialogue was all kind of just for nothing uh, because it's really great fan service, but I don't think they planned out at all, you know, how to get to that moment. The same thing also with Rosario Dawson just popping up in episode five or episode six as Ahsoka. What is she there for? She literally is only there to say, hey, Grogu's doing great. I'll, I'll make sure he gets that armor. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. You can't see him right now. Yeah. And she doesn't even show up in episode seven or when Grogu right. makes his decision. Or, or uh, So it's like it's fan service. But why is she there? Why is why are we getting Cad Bane showing up? You know, I, I don't know. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, I think that's probably my biggest issue with the show, uh, especially with Ahsoka. There's re- literally no reason for her to be there. Uh, it's definitely, you know, when she showed up in The Mandalorian Season 2, obviously everyone loved it. I feel like that's probably why they slid her into this episode. Uh, but like you said, it doesn't move the story along at all. You know, they could have easily had that same conversation with even R2. You know, they were already talking, R2 and then uh, were already talking before Ahsoka showed up. So yep. I, I didn't really understand. Um, the Cad Bane stuff is kind of interesting. You know, I don't know. Uh, I've read a lot of uh, stuff online where people don't really think that he's dead. You know, at the, it, you know him and Boba obviously have that history together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you've ever noticed this, but you know, apparently Boba has a dent in his helmet yes. uh, that's from him. Uh, we didn't get any of that. We didn't get any of their backstory. Uh, there's a, definitely a lot of people who think he's not dead. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if we get into that in, in Bo uh, Fett season two or even season three of The Mandalorian. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably not all we've seen from him. Even if he really is dead, we'll probably get some uh, flashback scenes, I would assume. I don't, I, well, I would hope anyway. I don't see why they would put him in this show if they didn't do that. I know uh, there's a lot of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels fans, you know, yeah. apparently a lot of people knew that that's from. Uh, where he was from so i don't know if they did that to please that that kind of crowd maybe they did maybe they didn't we'll see well you get dave filoni who did a lot of the clone war stuff and and has obviously been a huge part moving forward for uh the mandalorian and now this uh him and john favreau served as the main writers for this show and and so you're getting a lot of clone wars i think content because of that and i think i think we've reached a point with the disney plus shows for star wars where they've all been really good, 
But we're starting to get to the point where John Favreau and I think Dave Filoni are sitting there kind of on cruise control. And, and they're just putting in fan service after fan service to try and kind of keep it pleasing, you know? Um, and so that was my big thing that, that you bring up a good point with the, uh, the dent in the helmet and, and some of the conversations we got, that is awesome stuff for hardcore star Wars fans, people, people like ourselves who will go back and research that or go back and see where that character first made an appearance in. That's awesome. The dent in the helmet, they didn't even allude to, and that's actually from a deleted scene, I want to say, from the Clone Wars. So it's a huge callback um, that would have been awesome to put in into the show, but but they didn't mention it. And, and it's a super deep cut. And if you don't know even who Cad Bane is, say you're not, you know, say, say you're my wife, for example, Sydney, who, God bless her, has never watched the Clone Wars. She is not to the point where she will sit down and watch an animated Star Wars show. Uh, I can drag her to Mandalorian and she'll say baby Grogu is is cute. Uh, I will totally watch that, but I'm not going to be able to sit there and drag her to go watch clone war season four with me and say, that's a deep cut, you know? So when Cad Bane is making comments, like I raised you and all this stuff, I didn't teach you that, you know, she's like, who's this guy. Right. Right. And And then the dent in the helmet, like that's, I'm sitting there going, that's the guy that gave him that. And she's like, I don't know. You know, so that right. that's the problem with the fan service is that it felt like it was there to please us, but they didn't explain it enough to me. And again, I think that's what makes the storytelling good, not great. I thought obviously a lot of elements were great. I thought the visual stuff looked great. I love seeing the Jabba uh, brother and sister duo, the twins. Um, the Pikes, I thought, seemed really cool, and I don't think we're done with them. I think we're going to see more of them moving forward. Um uh, what the Tuscan Raider stuff I thought was pretty cool. Um, I actually didn't mind that. I, I thought, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I saw it all binged. Um, but I can imagine if I had to sit there and watch week after week of him just playing in the sand, I probably, I probably would have gotten pretty bored too. Yeah. You know, uh, the Tuscan Raider stuff was, was really interesting because, you know, uh, everything we've seen from them up until this show has been, Oh, these people are not great. You know, we, we see them in, uh, episode two or episode three of the prequels, you know, where Anakin just straight destroys them. And they're, they're definitely uh, set up to be the bad guys, but you know, you get a different, different side of them here. You know, you see them take Boba in and kind of show them their ways. And then him in turn, showing him, showing them the way or his way, uh, whatever, whatever. That's call there. That's call there. Yeah. Uh, But uh, you know, that, that was, that was fun. Um, It's definitely a slow build for sure. Especially with uh, the early stuff with him getting uh getting to the village you know um and then from there dealing with the pike syndicate and how they tie into like the present day in the show yeah uh, that 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 was probably the biggest uh the biggest slow burn but also kind of the most satisfying part of the show i think yeah there's some really cool stuff in there like i said get, getting to watch both mandalorians fly around and and just you know light people up or turning and blocking each other with their armor you know i i thought was awesome you see grogu uh, use the force and get some callback to like Mandalorian season one when he, uh, you know, stops the beast and saves uh, Jen's life. Um, I, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff with black Chris Anton, the, the Wookiee character. Also what a boss he is that he just like keeps taking these hits after hit. And then all of a sudden he's able to run again too. That <laughs> Randomly. Yeah. After my guy, uh, my guy, I, I can't remember the character's name. 
Um, you know, he he gets he goes down a little bit, and the two characters run over, put him on the shoulder, and, and all they're of a carrying him. Yeah, spins out of nowhere <laughs> and, and shoots the um, the guy. It, it, you know, just, that was straight just for show, and I, I respect it. I respected that part. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely get it. He was definitely trying to show off a little bit. He definitely made his presence known with that with that little I, move. I turned to Sydney when when he did that. You're talking about the mod the mod character, right? The guy who's been modified yeah. with the eye. Yeah. yeah, I I forget his name. Forgive me, but. There's a there's a specific shot where he is carrying a black chrysanthemum, and then they're getting swarmed, and he just turns and does like a spin 180. He could have he could have easily just turned, but instead he does like this flip with it, and it's so it's so like Power Ranger esque. Uh, <laughs> but oh, I think that was the Robert Rodriguez episode that I saw everybody just wailing on. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like the whole Star Wars collective came together and was like, can we get Robert Rodriguez out and bring in Bryce Dallas Howard for every episode? Uh, <laughs> or at least give her yeah, her there's definitely, there's a, You can definitely see the difference between the two directors, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, like I said, good, not great. Would you, uh, what would you give it out of 10? Uh, I, you know, I'd give it a six. Uh, I think, you know, it was fun. It was, uh, it was entertaining, that's for sure. Um, it's not great, you know. It kind of answers a lot of questions everyone had, like at the end of uh, Mandalorian. You know, you see where Grogu is at the end. You, obviously, you get the Boba's backstory and how he's alive and what happened to his armor, why he lost it. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. It was a lot. Of, it was pretty interesting. But overall, I feel like the fan service wasn't really planned out. They had a lot of stuff cool that they really could have done. Um, they didn't do it. Maybe they're saving it for season two. It doesn't feel like they're saving it though. Um, but we'll see. You know, I feel like it was a good show, but uh, it was a fun watch, but it wasn't like a great watch. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what they do now that Boba Fett kind of has his own group of uh, people to turn to uh, in his palace, uh, per se. Uh, I thought I'd probably give it maybe a seven. You know, I, I thought, the, like I said, the last three episodes, I think, are awesome. The only downside is they're not really any of them except for maybe episode seven is a Boba Fett episode. Five is clearly not Boba Fett centric. Uh, six is probably more so, you know, Mandalorian making the decision and all of that to come back and help. And, and mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, seven is all Boba Fett, I think. So the, the downside is out of the best episodes, really only one of them is probably Boba Fett centric. Um, but right. yeah, I, I would say I'd give it a seven out of 10. Uh, will I come back to it? Maybe. I, I don't know. Probably not. But it's definitely, I think, if you have not watched yet, I'd say it's worth, you know, just watching and keeping up. I, I saw some people saying skip the first three episodes or four episodes. I wouldn't do that because I think you'd, I'd be pretty confused about maybe some of the stuff that happens uh, with the pikes. But again, I think it's worth checking out. I'd say so. And then we get to look forward to Obi-Wan coming out in uh, May right around Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, for sure. And another thing I want to touch on that we didn't bring up, uh, just to kind of sell people on it, you know, you get a little bit of backstory of Gurger, where he was during the Order of 66. Uh, Order 66, you know, get a little yep. bit. You don't get too much. You get a little bit of a taste. And yeah, then, you get, uh, the, the lights flashing of Yoda. his eyes. Yeah, you, right. you get the first mention uh, of Yoda in there too. And also, uh, you see his lightsaber. Um, so that was cool. That was that was a lot of fun. There, there's again was the fan service stuff. So if we needed to sell anyone, I think that might be the selling point. Yeah, look, if you ever wanted to watch a baby Yoda do flips and uh, and train with Luke Skywalker instead, uh, if you ever wanted to see you know him do all the Jedi training and and stuff, 
I think it's awesome in episode uh, six. The little scene of Luke walking and just flipping him with him as he goes because Grogu can't keep up is is like it will warm so your good. heart so much. Um, so good. There, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Like I said, it's it's not bad. I I don't want people to misunderstand us, but is it the best Star Wars stuff they put out? Probably not. I don't think, but it it's not bad. I mean, I I would. I, like I said, I might come back to it just for that. Um, I like I like the callback that you mentioned about the Order sixty six. We we still have not seen how Grogu escaped that yet, and so I'm curious to see if they'll show that ever in Mandalorian season three. The other big thing of this is we kind of figure out what's going to happen in Mandalorian season three a little bit of uh, Jin trying to go and reclaim the Mandalorian name uh, now that he has kind of been uh, exiled at least from their group. Uh, and so we're going to see, I think, a little bit more of the Darksaber, maybe him fight Bo-Katan and get some of the rights back to Mandalorian. Um, I think also the one thing that a lot of people misconstrued about that is I don't think the show's title, Mandalorian, is specifically to Jin. I think it actually has to do also with Grogu, too. I think that's kind of what this whole, you know, Book of Boba Fett kind of set up is that he is not going to be a Jedi. He is a, he's going to be a Mandalorian. He's even got armor now. Cute little... Could be cute. both. Yeah, he could be. He could be the future. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's good. I, I like I like that. And actually, the cinematography is really cool for the Order 66 stuff. When you see it all from Grogu's eyes reflecting on them, um, there's a lot of cool callbacks with Luke lifting stuff up heavy with the Force. You know, the like I said, the training drone uh, running with uh, Yoda in the backpack. You get a lot of that stuff. So a lot of really cool fan service with Luke. And again, I, I'm just baffled we have the technology that we can put that together without him actually filming any of the scenes now too so yeah you also get the school uh we see uh destroyed in the sequel yep. trilogy we see the building of that school so that's the cool that's a cool uh, shout out with a brand new dro- uh, droid that we've never seen before and i right. from my understanding they still have not named what that planet is yet either um which i think is fascinating too so they must be saving that for something either that or they just haven't come up with a name yet but right yeah, I, I think it sounds all really good. Uh, so that's Book of Boba Fett. Go check it out. Well worth your time. Um, let's wrap this up here and put a nice little bow on it and just kind of go off of uh, what you're looking forward to the most for the remainder of the year. So I know it's very early on. We're only in February and we still have, you know, 10 months to go here. But I figure, you know, last big topic for the show tonight what exactly are you looking forward to the most out of anything coming out? It doesn't have to be Marvel or Star Wars um, or DC. It can be anything. If you, if you want to see, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some famous movie that's coming out. If you want to check out that, you can go do that. An Academy Award picture, go ahead. Um, to me, I think right now, just, just right now, I think it has to be Doctor Strange for me. Uh, Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. Just because of all the the bat crazy stuff that we have seen possibly rumored out there. And we don't know whether or not that's true or not. Um, it, it just sounds insane. And I'm just at the point where I just want to know what exactly happens in the movie. Uh, you know, with, with Spider-Man, I think it leaped so quickly about what was going to happen. And the only thing we were sitting there wondering was, okay, are they going to do sinister six or sinister five? That was the only thing people did not know about the movie when it came out. And I think now we've reached the point where, Doctor Strange, we know everything and we know absolutely nothing. So Doctor Strange 2, I want to see Benedict Cumberbatch. I want to see brutal Wanda, supposedly, as the villain. There's a lot of stuff I want to see, but that's my that's my go-to right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's probably a lot of people's most anticipated 
project of the year. Um, it's definitely up there for me. Uh, but you know, just uh, just to be different, I'll say I'm also really excited for Knives Out too. You know, Knives Ooh, Out one, call. such a great, great movie. Uh, Daniel Craig is awesome. The whole cast is awesome. Uh, I feel like this, you know, this is a new, new cast, except for Daniel Craig. Obviously, he's back. Uh, a new cast, a new story, a new mystery. You know, that that should be a fun movie. I, I'm a huge fan of murder mystery, so I, I'm really looking forward to that. The cast for that is absolutely insane, too. It, let me go ahead and read off to you who exactly is going to be featured in this. But you have Daniel Craig. Dave Batista, uh, Catherine Hahn, Jessica Henwick, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Jada Pinkett Smith, Ethan Hawke, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. Uh, I mean, it, the cast is absolutely insane. Uh, it's loaded. I, I want to say, I mean, it might be better than the first cast that had Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, uh, Tony Collette. I'm trying to think of who else was in that. But, uh, I mean, this, this cast is absolutely loaded. And you get a Ryan Johnson film filmed in Greece, uh, from my understanding, too. And I think that comes out on Netflix, if I'm right. I want to say the, the rights were sold out to Netflix. I, th- I think you're right. Um, I'm almost positive that you're right. So that, that should be a lot of fun. You know, streaming is definitely taking over, especially with the whole COVID era. So that'll be fun, you know, even if you – Go to the theater, see it. If you're at home watching it, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is scheduled to be released late 2022 on Netflix after they got the rights uh, and bought the rights for the next ones. And I, I think the reason I'm so excited about this is because we don't have a lot of whodunits either. The first one is awesome. I, I said that was actually when it came out, my favorite movie of the year um, back in, I want to say it was 2020 um, or uh, 2019, one of those. But I remember saying at the time that was my favorite movie of the year. I thought it was awesome. I remember going and seeing it and thinking I had to go see it again. And it wasn't one of those ones where I actually I actually flip flopped on who I thought did it. And so that's why I thought that was really good. It was almost like having a scream movie, um, but without the horror. And so, again, yeah, I I love that. That's a great call. Um, Knives Out 2. That's probably that's probably in somewhere in my top five. Maybe next week what we'll do is we'll rank our top five most anticipated projects of the year. And I think Knives Out is probably somewhere in mine. Um, there's a couple of movies that I would like to get uh, at some point in that, too. So, yeah, let's do that. Let's go ahead and put that down as our, our thing for next week. We'll do top five most anticipated projects, and we can put that as the listener question of the week. So, uh, listeners, uh, if you have uh, want to leave some comments in here, your challenge for this week, come up and list your top five most anticipated projects of any kind coming out this year, whether that's, you know, and maybe an album that you're interested, uh, a movie that's coming out, a comic, uh, anything, podcast, I don't care. Uh, put in your top five most anticipated things of the year. Uh, and we'll do that for next week. That'll be what we kind of end on. And I'm trying to think uh, next week, we'll be doing all the Super Bowl trailers and commercials. We'll do a wrap of that. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we missed on. Final thoughts, Josh? Yeah, next week for the top five will be fun. There's a lot of stuff coming out this year. You know, this last year and this year coming up, there's a it's it's been it was a great year last year. It should be another great year. So that that's everyone's top five will be interesting to look at for sure. All right. Where can the people find you if they want to give you a follow after this podcast? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Josh Morton34. You can follow me there. You have random sports thoughts, uh what random shout out to the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, you know, trying to make a playoff push. So if you want to Listen to Hawks talk. Definitely give me a follow there. 
Yeah. And if you're interested in checking me out, you can find me on Twitter at Reese Funderburk. All one word. Very easy to find. Might need to change that after we get down uh, a little bit more down the road. You can find me for also all of your very uh, angry sports fan talk. That's pretty much all I do is whenever I tweet, it's actually generally just me being very angry at a sporting event I'm watching. I don't really tweet anything else except maybe some retweets every now and then. Uh, I, ha- I had students one time follow me and say, you know, I went back and looked at your Twitter feed and all I saw were angry Carolina fan stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I tweet at this point. Welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you caught the worst timing. Because you followed me right. during football season. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, occasionally you'll get a couple, uh, you know, a couple um, superheroes shows, thoughts, uh, TV or movies or anything like that. A couple random thoughts here and there. Yeah, uh, every now and then I'll pop some stuff up there. I do a lot of retweets too. So if you're interested in some of that stuff, I'm, I'm generally retweeting all that mean stuff. So give us a follow if you can. Um, I plan on updating our, our group Facebook podcast page to kind of reflect this one a little bit. Thankfully, we still have the old show's Facebook page access, which has actually a pretty good following. So unfortunately for all those, you know, 400 plus people that are following that page, they're about to start getting some updates here shortly (laughs) with some brand new content. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they're looking forward to that one. But hey, it's a good fan base to start off with. So if you're interested, please like, subscribe, you know, follow the show. Uh, We should have this thing up on Spotify and uh, hopefully iTunes shortly after that. Um, hopefully I can start getting YouTube up and running and we can put some clips from the show up on there too in the future. If there's anything in particular you want us to talk about, I'm thinking of doing maybe some life advice shortly here, maybe where we start getting some people sending in, you know, life situations. We'll obviously anonymously answer those questions and give us our thoughts and opinions. I can't say that it'll be helpful advice, but, you know, <laughs> you know we'll do our best. So if you, you have any... Yell us now. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully not an issue in south carolina as much um but yeah give us a follow uh and i guess uh we'll see you guys next week peace out peace guys